the beginning of Brad Chambers' journey as an entrepreneur, cutting grass. Started his own lawn and landscaping business before he had a license to drive a car. Now he's a key figure in motoring Indiana's economy forward. I don't think you can ever stop or should stop investing in communities. And if, if you want to be super competitive, you've got to continue to in, invest in our communities, our cities, our towns, north to south, east to west. Brad Chambers, his entrepreneurial journey from cutting grass as a teenager to owning rental properties in college, forming the foundation for his large real estate firm, to his role now as Indiana Secretary of Commerce. He's my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Brad Chambers says his first business gig in lawn and landscaping helped him learn the benefits of hard work and a knack to interact with people. Those two life lessons have certainly paid off for Chambers, helping guide him as a chief driver for business and growth in Indiana. And I am pleased to be joined on the podcast by Indiana Secretary of Commerce, Brad Chambers. Brad, uh, thanks so much for taking time to uh, join me on the podcast. Thrilled to be here. Thank you. You are a busy guy, uh, to, <laughs> to put it mildly. We're going to talk a little bit uh, a little bit later about uh, your background and, and development and how you, uh, uh, your entrepreneurial spirit that uh, that led you to create your company and all that kind of thing. But, but more immediately, uh, as Secretary of Commerce, you lead the economic development efforts for the state of Indiana. And there has been a ton of activity uh, recently and potentially a more on the way. I know you're limited in what you can say, but as we're taping this, you know, news broke, news came out that Indiana is a finalist for what could be a $50 billion semiconductor plant. That number, numbers like that, that's it's mind-blowing. Gary, you've heard me say this. First and foremost, you know, I was certainly reticent of leaving an active business that I had started, you know, 39 years ago in 1984. But I... I sat down with my senior team um, in, in the spring of 21 after the governor called me and asked me to, to serve in this capacity as Secretary of Commerce. And my my senior team at, at the company, many of them had been with me for years and years and years and years. And we agreed that, you know, part of our corporate culture is, you know, is, is giving back. And and so this is truly service. And and I am just so thankful that the, the team stepped up and allowed me to uh, to serve in this capacity for the state of Indiana, because uh, the last two years have just been thrilling. I am just so so uh, impressed with this product recall, the state of Indiana, the people, the workforce, the innovation, you know, and it's decades in the making, too. It's not just, you know, the last two years of my tenure. I mean, it's it's decades in the making. It's governors over governors and, and secretaries of commerce and the legislature. So, there's no I in team truly applies to this, but we have set a, a course. We set a course in 2021, an ambitious, you know, course. We're shooting for the stars, and if you land on the moon, that's okay. Yeah. About where our economy can go, should go in the next 20 years. We're 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 trying to plan for an economy of the future, an economy that is going to be uh, that's going to lift up Hoosiers of today, but Hoosiers of tomorrow. You know, our, our kids that are in, in sixth grade right now or eighth grade or 12th grade, you know, wh what is the economy of Indiana look like for them to build their lives in Indiana to, to have quality of life? And so 
because of our 5e plan, because we have this dynamic team at the state of Indiana at the IEDC, because of all the good work by all the different people I referenced, we're on, we're, we've got incredible global momentum. And, um, you know, you'll know the numbers and then I'll hush and let you ask the next question. But, you know, $30 billion of capital investment in our state in the last six quarters, wages, you know, that are 30% higher than in, 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 in IEDC's history. And these are companies that are powering the economy of the future, landing in Indiana, thri- you know, thriving in Indiana. And so you referenced that $50 billion transaction. I'm not going to gonna let on whether it's one or it's five, but there, there's, there's a lot of interest, over $100 billion actually. And so I'm not sure that that $50 billion number is a good one. But what I will tell you is there's there's a hundred billion dollars or more of future focused industry circling Indiana, evaluating our workforce, evaluating our business climate, evaluating the Leap Innovation District, and super interested in in uh, landing here. It very interested, interesting that quote unquote kind of new economy companies, the semiconductor companies, the new energy companies are in that mix that you talk about, but also legacy or traditional manufacturing companies like automotive, in particular General Motors. It was just uh, recently that GM had two, two major announcements, $630 million plus in uh, in Fort Wayne at their truck plant, plus a, uh, a massive investment in an EV battery operation in New Carlisle, all in the same week. So General Motors obviously likes what they see in Indiana. You know, you, you touch on a really, really good point. I think we should be most proud of not the new guys in the new companies and the new global brands, but but the the reinvestments from from old line businesses that know Indiana have been in Indiana. There's nothing we should be more proud of than those than those companies that say we're going to reinvest in Indiana because we've been there a long time and they they're a great product, they're a great state, they've got great leadership, they're a great economy. We're going to reinvest. And to your point, General Motors has invested. They'd made four investment decisions in the last I think twelve months or so. Over a billion and a half, and that's Bedford, and that's Marion, and that's Fort Wayne, and now it's the joint venture with Samsung SDI in New Carlisle, which is three billion dollars. So, in total, in total, four and a half billion dollars from GM alone, and then you have Samsung SDI who invested with Stellantis and Kokomo, and they now they've reinvested in New uh, New Carlisle. So, you know, hats off to the hundreds of people, the thousands of people in Indiana who have made our state what it is today. It's pretty exciting. You know, I'm just thrilled to be part of this momentum and and uh, celebrating these wins with everybody. Yeah. Do you sense, uh, because, uh, you know, to me, uh, over the years, you know, pers- whether it's perception, I think it's probably reality, that a lot of the investment uh, or not enough of the investment has gone into to rural areas and, and, and other pockets of the state. Whereas you look at some of the things you're talking about in Kokomo and Mary and in Bedford, New Carlisle, I mean, it's near South Bend, but beginning to be spread out more around the state. Yes. And you bring up a, a really good point. I think it's part perception and, and probably we, we don't do a good enough job of telling the story about where this investment is landing. And remember, this is just the IDC-led investments but there's organic growth that the IEDC doesn't touch that is not included in our $30 billion in the last six quarters. But 50% of, of, the, the, of the work that IDC, the investment the IDC is 
is uh, involved with is landing in rural or mixed rural areas. So this is this is not just big city growth. This is this is rising tides lifting all boats all over the state of Indiana. And then you're going to have what's not even included in those in that thirty billion dollar total is the suppliers that are going to follow these folks. And those guys are even less tethered to the to the bigger cities. So we're already seeing it in Kokomo. We're already seeing it in Boone County. In Kokomo, you have Stellantis and, and Samsung SDI. Boone County, you have Lilly with Lilly's largest investment in its corporate history at $3.7 billion and the largest investment in state history, landing, anchoring that Lee Park. Well, you're going to end up with 10, 15, 20 of their suppliers. They're going to, they're going to be you know, they're not going to be right there. They're going to be 10 miles away, 40 mm-hmm. miles away. Yeah. They're going to be in Crawfordsville. And we're already seeing that in Crawfordsville. You're going to see these suppliers land in these smaller communities. Even in my hope is that that number is even greater than 50-50. So you make a good point there that, yeah. that it's that this investment's going everywhere, not just the bigger cities. Brad, let's talk about the Leap Innovation District in Lebanon. You mentioned the Lilly Investment, again, largest uh, project in the company's history. <laughs> Uh, massive hundreds of jobs as well. That's part of, mm-hmm. of of your strategy at the IEDC to create these centers of innovation, if you will, buying property, using them as a, a place to cluster industry. Not everybody liked right. the idea, but you know certainly the early returns seem to be very positive. A couple of these other big investments, that potential yeah. investments that we talked about, I know we're looking at at Leap as well. Talk about that strategy. What's behind this this idea of a Leap Innovation District? You know, Indiana is super competitive, and our best incentive is decades of investment from you know state leadership and the in the legislature and the, and the governors, uh, uh, in, including especially Governor Holcomb. You know, our best investment is you know low tax rate, you know triple A credit rating, good leadership good workforce, great universities. That's our best incentive for people to come because that lasts for a very long time, right? The incentives, the the, the financial incentives or investments the IDC makes, that's a, that's a finite, short duration investment. But we're still in a globally competitive environment, right? So from a baseline, we're really competitive, but we've got to compete with North Carolina and Arizona and Texas and China and Ohio. And, and to do that, we, we need to be out front. We need to be on our, on our toes, not our heels. And so speed is the new incentive in, in, in the global race for, for reshoring of industry and for the race for landing large mobility, sustainability-focused uh, investments. And so in order to compete with the best of the best, we felt that having the state-sponsored megasite for innovation and research for large industry that's moving fast – um, that will be here for 50 years is is the right investment the state can make. And and, and I, I think we're seeing that early signs that that was a good decision with, again, $3.7 billion of that uh, investment from Lilly anchoring the park. And then, as I said, tens of billions of dollars of a handful of different industries uh, really interested in the LEAP strategy and, and just really intrigued by our state's leadership around this park. So, listen, I'm I'm a uh, a small government guy. We we don't want government being in the private sector. In some instances, though, I think it's it's it makes sense, and and this is one of them. We're solving a, a potentially regional water problem. You know, where private industry can't move as fast as we were able to move here and to respond to the market. So, so I hear the critics. I I appreciate the critics, and at the same time, you know, we've got to make you know bold 
leadership decisions and what we think is best for the entire state. And that's what w- would happen with LEAP. And so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. You you promote a fi- what you call a 5E strategy. One of those E's is energy. And, and I that's think right. a lot of people may not be maybe aware of the amount of investment that's already been made, but that could potentially be made in that energy sector. Talk about that. I mean, things yeah. like hydrogen and this talk of a, of a hydrogen hub. Talk about that energy piece as part of your overall strategy. Yeah, I mean, you know, 30 some years in business, you need to make sure you have a great team around you. You need to make sure you have a mission and a plan. And they, the plan doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to, you know, kind of guide the mission. And and so when I showed up as Secretary of Commerce in July of 21, I, I wanted to make sure we built, we started with a great team that was already there and built around them. And we gave them a great plan, an aspirational plan that that we can follow. And we call that our five E's. And it's it's kind of guided all of our decisions. And it's really the foundation of, of you know, the historic numbers and investments we've been able to generate is all based around that five E, you know, guidepost. But the fourth E on that, on that is the energy transition. The, the world is in a number of different transitions right now, Gary. One is the way we work and where we work. That's a transition. The onshoring, reshoring, and friendshoring of large industry that that was exposed during COVID, right? We, you know, we had to use 747s to fly in, you know, PPE from from Asia. That's that's uncomfortable. We we realized that semiconductors were 85 or 90 percent of our are manufactured in Asia. That's uncomfortable. So so that's a trend and a and a theme that's happening. And then the last one is the energy transition. The way the world is using and generating energy is transitioning. Um, it's it's decarbonizing. And Indiana is a proud coal state. We're always going to be a proud coal state. I think fossil fuels are going to be around for a very long time. We're also making slow, steady, stable progress in this journey called the energy transition. We're we're not trying to be the first, and we're, we don't want to be the last. We want to have a we want to have a focus on affordable, reliable, decarbonized energy sources. And we're doing a great job on that. And again, before my time, this started, you know, we've gone from 80% dependency on on uh, on coal to under 50%. We diversified our energy sources, so more gas in the picture right now. And, you know, a, a statistic that I think people should be proud of is that we're number four in the United States of America for clean energy in, in use or in permitting. And and so we have the largest solar installation in the United States in the Mammoth Solar in the northern part of the state. So slow and steady and methodical and pragmatic, but at the same time, we're making real progress on this energy transition. Hey, if you could, before we go to, to break here, because we got to drill down a little more, but give folks an idea uh, of, of hydrogen, because it's, yeah. you know, they maybe see a little bit about it, but have no idea. There's a lot of work, a lot of focus, effort, including here in Indiana companies like BP and Cummins <laughs> and big time companies investing big time in this. And that could have impact here in the state. Yeah, good good catch on that. That is part of this energy energy transition focus. This is part of our fourth E in, in navigating the energy transition and in hydrogen is an, an alternative source of energy that um that is absolutely in the mix in and again Indiana kind of a sleeper in in the hydrogen uh arena. We do have Cummins that's been innovating in, in hydrogen for for years and years. 
Uh, we've got our universities are focused on hydrogen. There's a there's a robust innovation and research ecosystem around hydrogen. We've got British Petroleum BP on the on the northern part of our state uh, who is really focused on innovation around hydrogen. The state is is they're a part of a, a, a hydrogen hub. Uh, application to the federal government around landing a hydrogen hub. We've got a geology and a, and a carbon storage geology in Indiana that is really conducive to this hydrogen ecosystem. We've got a we've got a piping distribution system for our for our gas distribution that lends itself to hydrogen distribution, which is an advantage for the state of Indiana potentially as as that evolves. And so. You know, you, you bring up a great point around hydrogen. It's it's kind of not. Uh, I mean, it's in 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 research and it's innovating. But we have got an interesting spot from a competitive advantage when and as that technology evolves. Visiting with Indiana Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers. Much more with him uh, after the break, including his path to uh, his current role. Uh, his entrepreneurial fire and what drives him as well. That's when the Business and Beyond podcast returns. Stay with us. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group, Bank. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week, Indiana Secretary of Commerce, Brad Chambers. And Brad, uh, we talked uh, a lot in the uh, the first half of the podcast here about all of the economic development activity going on and what could be ahead for the state of Indiana. But I think your path to your role as Secretary of Commerce has been an interesting one, very entrepreneurial. And that entrepreneurial spirit, if you will, started at a very young age, did you have, if, if I remember the story correctly, you had a lawn mowing business. Was that your first kind of real venture in, uh, in the entrepreneurship world? It was. I mean, how many, how many stories have, have you heard uh, of, you know, young people with their first job being in lawn care or landscaping in the, in the United States of America? It's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a, you know, great place to, you know, kind of learn responsibility and, and the benefits of hard work and interpersonal interactions. And, and so, yeah, my, my, you know, my father grew up uh, in an ag family on a farm. Um, he was the first to go to college and went to Indiana university. My mom came from Chicago and my dad was, you know, he was, he was that first to go to college, you know, he had a spirit about him and, um, and, and he worked, uh, in Indianapolis and then he launched his own firm when I was young in the stock brokerage business. Um, and I think, I think he rubbed off on me. I, I, I know he was super proud of his launching his own business and, 
but I've always been industrious. Like I loved working. I loved, you know, going out and, and knocking on the door and talking to the, the homeowner or the, or the large commercial customer and, and trying to sell their business and get their business and then doing a good job and then collecting the check that came with that. Right. And, and that with three buddies of mine, you know, we, we, we cut grass at large apartment complexes and we built a really nice little business. And, you know, we did it on our own schedule and, and we did it out in the great weather and, you know, we had to sell and we had to deliver a product and we had to collect and we had to run a little business and we, we owned equipment before I could drive the trucks. I think I was 15 when we, we bought our first two vehicles and the rest of the partners were, were 16. So I couldn't even drive the trucks that we owned, <laughs> just fun. And then I cut, I plowed snow in the winter. And then in, in uh, my sophomore year at IU, one of the partners bought us all out and I took that check and by some miracle, didn't blow it on social activities at, <laughs> at Indiana University. So divine intervention and good luck helps in, in that entrepreneurial journey. Took that, took that check and then bought a, 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 a rental property down at the IEPOI campus. And, and that was the start of um, a 39-year entrepreneurial journey. Ended up graduating from IU with over 30 rental units and just really loved the business. And so now Buckingham is a national business. And, you know, it's no IN team here either, right? It, it, it takes hard work and determination and focus, but it also takes great people around you and people that believe in your in your vision and your hard work to go over three decades. So yeah. so I'm just super fortunate and thankful and grateful. Talk about Buckingham because uh, again, from very modest roots, uh, you know, a landscaping business grew into what is this now, you know, large enterprise around the country. Give us a thumbnail description of uh, Buckingham. Um, 500 employees, you know, fully integrated real estate investment business based in Indianapolis, but we have, uh, we're operating in 10 states, I think over 80 or 90 real estate assets, you know, fairly large complex enterprise delivering institutional real estate uh, solutions for investment partners, as well as for our own balance sheet. We'll build a couple hundred million dollars a year of real estate. We'll buy a couple hundred million dollars of real estate every every year. And I'm just taking my uh, sabbatical here to, to help the state grow its economy it's been really great seeing the younger generation at our company uh, take the company to the next level. I've taken my sabbatical, but I also, but I didn't take my foot off the gas for these guys. <laughs> I mean, we're we're still trying to grow this business, and 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 it's been fun. We uh, we've got a great culture at the company, uh, creativity and hard work. You know, growing that business, um, you know, to to continue to grow it to a national scale is 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 still still important and um, providing opportunities for young people to grow and, and build their careers at Buckingham is is what what we're doing you know I'm just so fortunate and grateful of the journey and that you know 39 years later we have a large national business it's been fantastic and it allows me to go do what I'm doing now and that's yeah. served, so it's been awesome well I've heard the story but I think our listeners would would enjoy hearing it too so you're running Buckingham you know big enterprise lots of things going on and you get the call from governor Holcomb yeah. to come on as secretary of commerce. T t tell us about that, how, how that all played out. Right. Yeah. Funny. See, I'm sitting, I'm literally sitting at my desk and he calls and say, Hey, and I was chairman of the state <clears throat> Indiana state fair commission. And so he had to put up with me there. He appointed <laughs> me there. And, and, you know, I, I told uh, Earl good and in the gutter, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm just not a babysitter. I'm kind of a, I'm always in some form of gear, whether it's second gear or fourth gear or fifth gear. And I 
had a blast at the Indiana State Fair and Commission and the, such a great team out there and meeting and understand. I'm curious. So that the whole ag ecosystem was so much fun to learn. And so he, he and I worked together a bit on, on the Indiana State Fair Commission. And he called and said, we really uh, think you'd be terrific <clears throat> guiding our state's economy and, and growing our state's economy. Would you, but that's a full-time job. That's not a, that's not a, uh, you know, that's not a, a part-time volunteer job. <clears throat> and I said, Governor, I appreciate that, but I'm pretty busy. So no, I, I, I can't step away. I hadn't thought about it. And, you know, never in my wildest dreams would I have envisioned myself in this capacity of Secretary of Commerce in a full-time job. So he took that well, but called back fairly shortly and said, hey, think about it again. And I did. And um, I went home, I slept on it. My view was, you know, we do have a philanthropic civic component to our culture. And so if I said no, it would be contrary to those values. And I didn't want to do that. And it sent a message to my senior team that it, I didn't trust them to run the business. I didn't want to send that message. So I said, yes. And I said, okay, governor, listen, I'm in, but I, this is a, this is for philanthropic civic reasons. I, I don't want compensation. I'm doing it out of service. And, and I said, let's just set a dollar a year as compensation, just to make sure that we're clear on that. And he goes, man, that's awesome. He goes, he goes, you know, when, when Mickey Maurer did the Secretary of Commerce role for, for, for Mitch Daniels, he did it for a dollar a year. He goes, would you mind, would you mind doing it for 99 cents? <laughs> so I can't catch a break, right? You know, I was stepping away from a full-time gig at my business, offering a dollar a year and he negotiates me down to 99 cents so he could, <laughs> he could outcompete Mitch and, and Mickey Maurer. And what a great two-year journey with, with Governor Holcomb it has yeah. been. And together, we've, we've done a lot of great things. He's, he's just done a great job. And, and I, it's been my pleasure. Uh, and, my, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. So Yeah. As you look going forward, uh, a lot going on, obviously, here in the state. But as you look at, what would you view or describe as the state's you know, the biggest challenge is it, you know, whether it's workforce, talent, whatever, the biggest hurdle that the state needs to cross uh, or, or get over to really open up the floodgates and to compete even at a, at a greater level. Yeah, really good question. You know, whether you're an individual or you're a company or you're a state, no one's perfect. We're not perfect. The state of Indiana is not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, Buckingham's not perfect. We're pretty good. But we're not perfect. And, and so acknowledge the areas of opportunity. Acknowledge what we, we've got to continue to work on day in and day out. And that's workforce and some other things. But be proud of that we're pretty darn good. And I don't think there's a cap for the state of Indiana in our economic growth. I, I think that's the biggest opportunity we have is to aspire to exceed our, ex, our own expectations and, and to raise our expectations to live up to our potential as a as a state and as a people, is the biggest opportunity in my view. That's where I get excited because I am, you know, journeyed all over the state. I've met great people. I've been in all these communities doing these engaged series events with you. And I'm just like, yeah, let's go. Let's live up to our potential. Let's, let's, uh, let's shoot for the stars. And if we hit the moon, great. You know, and I think you're seeing that we can do that. And I just want Hoosiers to believe that. Indiana's a great place, a great people. We've got a great product. There's not really much that's, that should get in our way of continuing to grow this economy for all Hoosiers to lift them up and continue to increase our quality of life. So I think that is truly, it's a mindset issue. 
You know, let's, you know, we, we launched, I think you've seen our uh, Indiana's for Winners global ad campaign, 200 million impressions globally. People love that commercial. Indiana is for winners. And I want to send a message. The governor and I want to send a message. Indiana is winning and it is for winners. Mm-hmm. And if we have that mentality into the future, um, I think we're going we're gonna to continue to be aspirational and grow our economy accordingly. Now, I'm humble about the challenges and everybody's going to, people are going to look at this and they're going to say, well, what about the education? And well, what about this? Well, you're right. I'm humble about that. We got to work on that and we will work on that. But at the end of the day, we, we have a great product and let's not lose sight of that just because we're focused on fixing our challenges or, yeah. or addressing our opportunities. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Speaking of the future, as we, as we wrap up our conversation here, you, Gave the governor a two-year commitment. That's almost up, right? Uh-oh. It's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for Brad Chambers? Yeah, good question. Um, hey, I'm I'm having a ball doing what I'm doing. And I'm just so appreciative of this team being open-minded. When I showed up in July of 21, you know, um, didn't know anything about anything. And um, <clears throat> they they bought in and they they are having fun winning. And we are... We are focused on winning right now for the state of Indiana and for its economy. And, you know, I, I'm just thankful that uh, the governor called twice and I had the good sense to say yes, to go serve the people of Indiana and the, and the, and the folks of Indiana. And I'm thrilled uh, uh, of this two-year journey so far. And, you know, service is, uh, is it's certainly rewarding and I, I'm appreciative of that. So, All right. Well, we will keep, uh, we will stay tuned uh, for what's next. Uh, Brad, I do appreciate you taking the time to join us on the podcast and appreciate your service to the state of Indiana because I know it, uh, uh, it, it is one that you have poured your, your heart and soul into and traveled literally around the globe and the results uh, are, uh, are certainly showing. And we're, uh, we're looking forward to what's, uh, to what's next. So thanks for joining us. You got no I in team, Gary. It's a, it's a, it takes a village here, and, and it's been my my pleasure. And, and thanks for spending time with me today. And I I've gotten a, I've had a, just a lot of fun working with you and, and this engaged series. And I I think the communities really like like the product that you guys put on. So thank you to you and and uh, and Nate as well. All right, thanks very much, Brad Chambers, Indiana Secretary of Commerce on the Business and Beyond podcast, presented by PNC. It is a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports entertainment, and beyond. And you can download all episodes of the Business and Beyond podcast and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.